Reading now from the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat battered by the waves as far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed a strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Soon after we moved into our house, we began working on a patio. Some very kind friends were willing to help us do it. It was uh, mostly a good experience. It's worth all the effort to see Sally on her hands and knees putting the grout in between each brick. The patio is one of my favorite parts of our home. It's nice to sit out there in those brief moments when the air conditioner isn't running and it's quiet and it's peaceful and a gentle breeze blows through. And I can exhale. I like breezes. You probably do too. We talk about gentle breezes. We talk about cool breezes, refreshing breezes. Rarely do we celebrate strong winds. Those are not our favorites. They knock down limbs. And pine cones, lots and lots of pine cones. They blow sand in their eyes. Winds can be destructive. A few years ago, after those terrible tornadoes in Alabama, I went down with a team to help do some recovery work. And I was astounded. You can see it on television, but when you're there in person, astounded to see wide swaths of land that wind, wind had cleared out. Houses ripped off their foundations. Trees pushed over like toothpicks. Wind and and water and fire, they're all essential to life. They, They in many ways make life enjoyable. But because of their potential for destruction, they are also fearsome. Combine strong winds and and rough seas and the results can be devastating. The Sea of Galilee is famous for its fast-rising storms. 
I've been fortunate to be there for a couple of days. When I was there, it was peaceful, beautiful, calm, but, but I've read enough to know that that's not always the case. The hills around the sea, some of those rise 2,000 feet in the air, and, and up there they have these cool, dry winds, but down the little land between the hills and the water are damp, warm winds. And when those two winds collide, it often creates these, these storms. It's true in our day. It was true in Jesus' day, of course. And, and they thought of the Sea of Galilee as a chaotic place. The disciples feared these sudden storms that could come up, and they also had this fear that was common in those days, this fear of, of creatures, of monsters that might live in the sea. They, they, like we, feared what they did not know, and they did not know these deep, dark waters and felt sure they were monsters who lived in there. You never know. There might be a ghost out on the sea. Matthew tells us that Jesus made, made the disciples get into the boat. They've been one, on one side of the sea feeding the 5,000 and Jesus made them get into the boat, cross over to the other side. There were people in need of ministry over there too. I looked up that word made. I wanted to see how strong it is in the Greek. We bristle at being made to do things. Of course, if Jesus is our Lord, we should probably be ready to accept a command or two. And that is the sense of the word here. It's anankazo. It means to compel, to force, to make. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and cross to the other side of the sea, and then he went off to pray. When was the last time Jesus made you do something? What boat were you compelled to get into that you really didn't want to enter? Richard Bradham is a clergy mentor of mine. He he actually spent his teenage years in this church. He said that when he was at another church in town, he was getting involved in the youth and he found out the Central had the best-looking girls, so he made his way over to this program. He became a leader in the United Methodist Church, and, and he's well-respected, he's well-thought of, he's now deceased, but still remembered for his compassion, his, his champion of the causes of the poor and the neglected. I knew that about him, I admired that about him, and I, because of that, because of his reputation, I was startled when I heard that he had said, I don't particularly like homeless people. He said they, they often smell bad, they often are uh, not appreciative of what you do for, and they often present you with, with challenges. And I don't particularly like that, but I'll tell you, Jesus didn't ask me if I wanted to help them. He told me I had to. He said to follow me, is to help them. So I do. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, and this time they had to get into the boat without him. In an earlier story, you'll remember that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples when the storm came up. They feared for their lives. He slept. Finally, they woke him up, and he calmed the storm. In today's story, Jesus is in the boat with the disciples and the storm came up. 
He's nowhere to be seen, so they press on. They have no choice. They do their best. Maybe they remember that Jesus has powers of the storms. He may not prevent them, but He can, can calm them. He's certainly been present in them. Maybe their knowledge of that is why when they see Him and then realize it's Jesus, not a ghost, they don't say, please calm the storm. Instead, Peter calls out. Peter tells Jesus, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on to the water. Now, that's an interesting way to pray. Perhaps more common than we'd like to admit. Lord, the, the one who gives commands, I have a command for you. Here's what you need to do, Lord. Tell me to come on to the water. Come. Jesus says. At this point, I feel like I need to give you a word of caution. If you ask Jesus to tell you to come into the rough seas, to enter into dangerous places, to come into the difficulties of the world, you can feel fairly certain that He'll say, Come. From what I've learned about Jesus, He does not want to be in the rough storm alone. Come. He says. And remarkably, Peter goes. Peter, who was afraid of the water and the storm, his mind still adjusting to the idea of Jesus walking on the water, now steps out of the boat himself. With Jesus out there, with a growing awareness of Jesus' power over the things of this world, even storms, he boldly steps out of the boat and into the stormy water. I'm sure he would have preferred a flat sea that day. We'd like to choose our storms when they came, when they stayed away. I was working in the yard this weekend and some dark clouds came up and I thought, boy, we need the rain and wouldn't it be nice if it waited just a few more hours until I got finished with my work and then it could come and do what it needs to do. We do that with snowstorms. I always dread the Saturday nights when it's potential for a snowstorm. Will we have worship? Won't we have worship? Will the word get out in time? How will we let everyone know? Teachers and students, of course, they want the snowstorms in the middle of the week when school will get canceled. For the most part, we want two, maybe three days of pretty snow and then back to work. We don't want to interrupt people's lives too long. We don't want anybody to be endangered too much. We'd like to choose our storms. Is true of more than weather. We'd like to choose when life gets exciting and we'd like to choose when life stays placid. But the truth is, we are limited in the choices we get to make. We can choose to get out of the boat in the storm or we can choose to stay in the boat in the storm, but we're still going to be in the storm Storms up, come up quickly and often without warning. And I can assure you that when Jesus commands you to get in the boat, you will almost always come into some rough seas. Some days, Jesus' boat has gentle cruises. 
But many days they include rough seas because Jesus is more often found caring for the ones in the storm than relaxing with the ones on the seashore. And so we wonder, why accept Jesus' command at all? Why get on the boat in the first place? It's so much more comfortable on the seashore. We don't have time for me to get into all the reasons why you might want to accept Jesus' call in the first place, but let me offer one to you today. Storms don't only come to those who are on the boat, out on the water, those who obeyed Jesus' command to go. Nothing clears a beach faster than a rising storm. I had an opportunity to witness that this summer. We were at the beach, a storm started coming up, and I was amazed. I stood there amazed to watch what people can carry when a storm's coming. There's a man with an umbrella under one arm and a cooler in that same hand. He had chairs in the other arm. He had bags hung around his neck. He had somehow, I don't know how, he was dragging his child behind him. And you couldn't even see the child's face. You could just see his feet because stuff was hanging on top of that child. It's amazing how resourceful we are in the midst of a threatening storm. The point is, storms will interrupt even the most comfortable lives. And I think we can deal with that information in one of two ways. We can either say, well, then I'll just wait till my storm comes and accept it then. Or recognizing that our storm will one day come, and when it does, we will want help from others when our storm comes. We can seek to help others when they are in the midst of their storm. Peter, at the Lord's command, got into the boat. Peter, in the midst of the storm, accepted the Lord's invitation to come into the water. And then Peter, walking on the water, noticed that the strong winds had arisen and he started to sink. Sounds like life in the faith. Sometimes we get into something that we think may be Jesus calling or or perhaps we did it because he gave us his permission and we realize when we're into it that it's bigger or more dangerous or more difficult than we imagined and we realize that it's not what we bargained for. It's not a gentle breeze. It's not a storm that's on our schedule. It's inconvenient. It can be overwhelming and we're, we're out on the sea. We can't help but notice the wind. That's what happened to Peter. And he made a simple cry in the midst of the storm. Lord, save me. Peter was bold enough to enter into the rough seas, human enough to recognize their danger, and faithful enough to call out to the one who saves. And when all was well, those in the boat worshipped Jesus, saying, truly you are the Son of God.